Kia ora, and welcome to the Movie Bros Podcast. We are your hosts, Requiem King and Epsilon. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I hope your week has been great as well. Yep, still, still a little ill, but thank you. Um, before we get started, this is our 10th episode, and we want to thank you all for coming on this journey so far, and this is only just the beginning. Now, this is a special episode of the Movie Bros Podcast, as you may see that the podcast schedule is all over the place. That is for two reasons. Number one, I, Requiem King, have been ill, and it doesn't seem to let go of me. And number two, Starfield, which we'll discuss on the move uh, on the Gaming Bros podcast. But this week is a very long episode, as we have many films to discuss with DC's Blue Beetle and Paramount Pictures, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and cinemas everywhere now. Sadly, us folks in New Zealand and Australia received these films a month later, but hey, they're here now. And we have some thoughts. We'll also be discussing the final episode of My Adventures with Superman and the box office, which has been powered up for sure. We'll also discuss what's next for the podcast on the television side. Jaime Reyes and his family come together in this beautiful film which has divided Epsilon and I. It's DC's Blue Beetle. You're the Blue Beetle. That could use that arsenal right about now. God, you never ask. Hell yeah. Now, Epsilon, Blue Beetle is the first official hero to be a part of James Gunn and Peter Safran's new DC reboot, which will officially start with Gunn's Superman Legacy coming July 2025. Personally, I think it's a smart way to start with Jaime, because he's kind of like a Spider-Man, Peter Parker slash Morales. Um, Epsilon, before we start with the positives and negatives, what is your thoughts on the film? Uh, it was a very uh, DC-esque film as presented this time round. Uh, I would have to say there are ups and downs to this film, specifically uh, where the targeted uh, themes were. However, it was a very interesting take on what they now are presenting as modern superhero films. Yeah, um, I feel like... Um having Jaime Reyes not Ted Cord um, be the Blue Beetle in this time around is because they understand that hey we have a younger audience and I feel like this I think Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle is the first Mexican superhero or at least Latino superhero on the big screen so it's kind of a big thing it's like Black Panther um, sadly the box office didn't draw that much but we'll get to that um but yes um as i said we do have dividing opinions but i want to start with the positives the action and choreography was actually really good in this film even though it wasn't as much as we were expecting from a superhero film i think the action and choreography were great epsilon your opinions fight sequences were spectacular the shots really well done i would have to say the best part about it were the scenes where fighting was occurring between the characters. Especially um, the array of different unique weaponry that the Blue Beetle has been known for was expressed within these uh, shots. Really well done, showing how much the uh, superhero is holding back at all times. Yeah, a large arsenal, uh, array of arsenals with the Scarab and Jaime's imagination. Kind of like, uh, let's just say, 
it looks like Ratchet and Clank if it came to live action with its weaponry and also the imagination of Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, Kyle Rayner, Guy Gardner. Uh, but it was incredibly shot. Uh, with how um, I think there was a long take in the hallway. It's always a hallway um, where Jaime's um, trying to look after his family who came to save him. And it was really well shot within this really compound space a confined space sorry um but yes uh action's incredible in this film with how little we got of it which we're discussing in the in, in the negatives because this was actually supposed to be a streaming film um another positive at uh, the soundtrack it had um incredible synthwave soundtracks and also latino um, um music within it epsilon how did the soundtrack um, affect the film for you because I think it was always on. I think the su- yeah, I think the soundtrack fit perfectly for the film that it was, especially with its cultural uh, significances uh, being presented within the film. And I would have to agree that the fight scene soundtrack was really nicely done, for it perfectly fit what the soundtrack was. Yeah, there were a couple of needle drop um, moments which actually worked compared to something like Black Adam where it was just out of nowhere, like painted black, which makes sense, Black Adam, uh, man in black. But for here, it, they make sense. And there was a cool scene, which we won't spoil, you guys can go watch it, unless you're from the States or around the world, where this movie has been out for a month now, um, which was fun. It was the whole family dynamic. And I think it was a kick-ass time when it came to the soundtrack. Uh, an, another positive here was um, the family dynamic, um, which is something that you don't really see in a superhero film because it mainly focuses on the superhero. But having the heart of a superhero be his family, which is very akin to what Spider-Verse is doing with his mum in the second film, his dad in the first film, and probably his whole entire lineage in the third film. But um, Epsilon, his family was always there with him, even though there were some points where I think um, he had some grievances with it. But um, do you think this is a positive, the, the whole family dynamic? Hmm. <clears throat> I would have to say it's done to an aspect where it was well sort of. Uh, however, when, as we go to the negative side, I will explain to you why. It was overly done, in a sense. But yeah, family is truly expressed within the uh, nature of this film, and it's really well done for what it's doing. Yeah, um, the family is actually the heart of this film, apart from Jaime himself. <coughs> um, like the scene where Jaime gets a- another job. Uh, um, called institutions I think that's what it's called and they're all celebrating and cheering him on um, I think that's such a it, it pulled at the heartstrings because I could actually see my family do that to one of my cousins or even myself because we're so closely bonded and I feel like I see a lot of my family within Jaime's family because of that whole family relationship and dynamics and I think a lot of people have um, had that same feeling and seeing that on the big screen even though it's not your culture it's someone else's you can still see yourself within it um speaking of culture i feel like this is a true love letter to both family and mexican culture um along with the soundtrack and the family dynamic 
you can't get more Mexican than this, right, Epsilon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I, I no, I think maybe if it's more Mexican-centric films, have got a slight edge over the film, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I feel like in the Western audience, uh, when it comes to Mexican films, they're usually led by someone who's white. No offense, I love Jack Black, mm. but Nacho Libre is, is definitely <laughs> not a movie uh, Well, Jack Black does it really well, though. I you know, have to give him props for that. That whole film. Yes, he is. This Jack Black is the man to do Dude, anything. He is incredible. Kind of like Robert Downey Jr. with Tropic Thunder. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. Um, He's one of the few people in the world who can truly catch any essence that he really wishes exactly. to. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's that's the greatest thing especially when it comes to something like Jumanji he can be a female and male mm. and you can actually buy it but um, with this cultural mm. dynamic I, I, I feel it and because I'm Māori Samoan and you're Korean uh, South Korean um, we kind of feel that with the family and bond because it's in our blood we grew up with um, barbecues and hanging out with family on a Sunday after church or something like this. Um, seeing that on the big screen, it, it was lovely to see. Um, another um, positive was George Lopez as Uncle Rooney. Mm. Um, Epsilon. He was he was a highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, to be honest, though, I, I never truly expected to see George Lopez again. Uh, <clears throat> I, what was his last film that I think I've seen him was wasn't it like in Rio? I, I yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, I think the last film I actually like really expected him to see him in was like Rio. Yeah, I thought it was Spike Kids. Um, I'm trying to remember. But it could be Rio. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's done a lot of voice acting but I haven't really expected him to really act again. Yeah, and he he's back. Yeah. And really good. Um, as a, Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. His acting skills have not deplenished whatsoever. No, no. Um, I'm glad to see that is still the case. Mm. He's still the funny, um, your stereotypical Mexican in, in your films, and he plays the role mm -hmm. so uh, well, so much here in Blue Beetle. Um, I brought this up, and I take this as a full positive. It's a mixture of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2002 and Iron Man and John Favreau. Do you kind of see the similarities, um, Ypsilon? Kind of. There's its own twist to it, so it's not like a one-to-one, -one, and that's really well done, in my opinion. Yeah. It's, it's a really yeah. good origin film, right? And specifically the actor Zolo, yes. if, if I remember the name. He's a, he's a newish actor, is he not? Yes, like, I think he was in Cobra Kai. I think it's like, yeah, I think that's his like big thing. Yeah. Also, maybe uh, I heard that he might he was in The Boys, uh, Diabolical. If I remember correctly. Yes, I I think so. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I I. So he has, yeah. This is, will be like his major major role, if I remember. Like if I. Oh, definitely. I think he's around the same age as yeah. us. Um, mm. so. I think they're gonna use um, uh, Jolo uh, a lot for Jaime, and mm. it's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm. But um, 
the final positive here it's just a fun movie literally you could just turn your brain off but it's just a lot of fun that's all I'm gonna say Epsilon you think it's a lot of fun (laughs) I think the scenes where specifically Blue Beetle has truly expressed its uh, heroism is what made it grand Mm. and it was a little saddening for me to not have as much of that as should have been for a superhero film of the like generic showings yeah um blue beetle a character that um that hasn't really um no offense no offense to the character i don't think i think he should have been television like yeah no no mm. um i think like he works well as a side hero you know like plastic man like heroes that we never really expected to have their own like movies. Yeah. More like their own TV shows maybe. Yeah. Um if if Blue Beetle had like the Marvel um mm. um what they're doing with Hawkeye and Miss Marvel and stuff mm-hmm. like that, I think it would have worked better that way. We had more time with Jaime and his well, family. I would like to yeah. say though. Uh if he was given, for example, like the green arrow, like, you know, arrow mm. treatment I think that would have worked really well for his like particular character as Blue Beetle yeah we would have had more time with his family more time with him mm. we would have had more Blue Beetle which we'll get into mm. Mm. Um, but I think yeah given the flash treatment I'm talking season 1 and 2 yeah no 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 but like I, as I said yeah. yeah like for example somebody as iconic as Flash recently wasn't given really well like regards in the film recently <laughs> the, the current flash film was quite uh, abysmal yeah it was not really there for us and so i felt like this film kind of had to like had some weight behind its back due to the fact that flash happened yeah um blue beetle's got a heavy task because we did have I can't believe we got, we got Shazam Fury of the Gods earlier this year, um, which yeah. didn't do well at all. I didn't. Mm. I don't think it even broke even. Then the Flash came out; it didn't break yeah, even at all. And that, but, yeah. So I think this film is going to have a difficult time really capturing people's attention, like mainly due to like previous films not really pushing it up to task. Yeah, I think it's kind of given what well recently. Um, and the minority is the Marvel factor where too many people um, has been quite mediocre. We kind of agree when it came to Secret Invasion, but with Guardians, yeah, it, yeah. it was really good. We've got um, Spider-Verse, which is really good, but I think that's what's happening with DC. It's now that Blue Beetle's out, it's not doing well. We're going to get Aquaman in December, which has his own drama behind it. And it's... Yeah. So... Yeah, especially with um, with Amber, the whole Amber Heard drama yeah. that happened beforehand. Yeah, I'm still not sure how like what is happening with that. Like, is she still casted in this film, or is she? Apparently, like... she's in five minutes. I think that was in the court hearing that mm. we heard from James mm. Wan that she's in for five minutes. She wasn't meant to have okay, a big okay. um role in this film. Yeah, until we saw the latest trailer where uh, Aquaman has has a baby. With Mera, mm. and yeah. no, so I'm so confused because she's not shown whatsoever what 
in any of the um, like art. Yeah, there was a split second of her in the trailer, yeah. but it was meant to cover her. Um, but oh, okay. yeah, uh, we don't want to touch on that because <clears throat> bad yeah, 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 no drama. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, Aquaman's not gonna do well again. So James Gunn and Peter Safran have a big challenge on their hands to even break even for for DC if they even want to put it on I a feel stable it, again. Though, yeah, no, and unfortunately, like not saying Blue Be- Beetle's a terrible mm. film, but it's not the film. Yeah. And I feel as though DC really needs the film to we, bring it. We thought it was going to be the Flash to, like, standards. But and, but the Flash yeah. again, you had a character like Spider-Man-esque Mm. With the flash, and you just chuck yeah, it on the floor and stomp on it. God damn. It it felt the flash felt like Spider Man Two. The Amazing Spider Man Two. Oh, yeah, okay. Because yeah. I was like, Spider Man Two, Sam Raimi is one of the greatest comic book films of all time. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh. no, 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 no. The Amazing Spider Man. Mm. Like, it just yeah, it didn't deliver, and it's. This is gonna be what hurts, I think, Blue Beetle the most. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, um. Okay, let's just focus on the Flash for a little bit. Yeah, I didn't believe any of the hype when it came to, like, Tom Cruise and Stephen King saying, oh, the Flash is the greatest superhero movie of all time. I, I think that was all <laughs> ball. And, yeah, as you said, it's affecting Blue Beetle. And, yeah. The whole consensus online was Blue Beetle's gonna be one of the most profitable superheroes ever because A, it doesn't have a big budget and B, um, it's the culture behind it and it, it's it's only just made over 130 million um, it's Ooh. what was the budget? Um, I think it was 98, 100 mil so, so... somewhat made it um, would they be breaking uh, it? To break even, it's like three hundred million. Um, now that it's, re- especially with all the advertising. Um, right? Yeah. Um, now that it's yeah. released here in Australia, I think it's gonna make a lot of money now. Um, hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I don't know about New Zealand, but we don't really give much to films in like overall, like budget-wise. But maybe Australia will give like over like what it needs. Wait until we get to the box office and we talk about Barbie, how much it's made here. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but but keep in mind, Barbie is its own beast. Yes. It's, it's like, you know, we can't really equate a, a fish to a shark, you know. True, true. <laughs> Both Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers yeah. was winning at the end of the day. Well, to be honest, yeah. Especially with the success of, like, not just, not just Barbie, but, like, even, like, uh... Things like Mario Bros, mm. you know? All of these, like, game-slash-toy uh, is taking... I think that genre is what's going to be taking over film. Yeah. And, like, it, it, it's, a, it's a welcome change, in my opinion. Like, I feel as the superheroes have, like, you know... It's been, like, a big sh- showdown for uh, the whole superhero genre. And I think now might be the time for its, like, official, like end of era genre for that specific one yeah i think superior genre will always be here but the video game genre seems like it's going to be booming 
Yeah, specifically with all these successes, like Last of Us, you know, mm. the way they did, like, Super Mario Bros. Sonic. Like, all of these. Sonic, yeah, Sonic even. Yeah. I, th- I think that's like, the Nobody future. expected Sonic to be great. And now, now we see all these, like, video games, like, especially classic video games, you know, ones we know, mm. like, and we played, you know? Yeah. Who knows? It might be go to the point where, like, even, like, things like Metroid might get a, its own movie, you know? Yep. Knowing Nintendo, yep, yeah. that's coming. Yeah. But, um, yeah, uh, that's, I feel like that's gonna carry... Yeah, um, it's a it's an untapped market in my opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, now to the negatives of Blue Beetle. I think this is just a generic superhero film. It doesn't push the genre. Again, we mentioned Iron Man and Sam Raimi's Spider Man, which pushed the genre, but it was at its early stages, where we're nearly thirty plus years into the superhero genre renaissance. This movie is just kind of a Gone in the wind, basically. Epsilon, your thoughts mm-hmm. on this generic? It's just there. I think, I think, due to the fact, from the golden age of, for example, Iron Man, all of these superhero films that came along has given us hope. You know, as children, they always push ourselves. However, I think, due to the changes in time, yeah. I think uh, I think superhero films have become outdated. Honestly, most like like the structure of these films are very much similar repeats to others. As you say, like Iron Man, Blue Beetle feels like Spider-Man. There's no new nuance to these films. As much as like I hate to say this, but it feels like the genre has become a little stagnant. And it's a little time to reset itself. Yes. And that affects this film the most, in my opinion. Yeah, um... I hate calling it a generic superhero film, but it is. Uh, you've got a bad guy at the end who has the same tech as you, and mm-hmm. has, um... It's, it feels like Iron the first Iron Man movie, in the sense where, you know, the iron suit, you know... Yeah. It, it, it doesn't give us much uh, I guess like inspiration it's, it's been done over and over in yeah um, I had to bring up that every single MCU origin movie is very much just Iron Man Doctor Strange literally feels like Iron Man Ant-Man's the same as Iron Man um, they've got this specific structure and that's kind of come over to DC when it came to Shazam and now Blue Beetle where it has this ABC structure which is now boring to a lot of people because it's now you know what's going to happen oh Jaime's being yeah. uh, there's a catalyst Jaime has a family member who's lost and he now has to find himself and the family member has to guide him through this whole spiritual realm it's it's the same every single it's way. all the same yeah and like, not to say it's, it's a bad mm. trope, it's just, if something gets overdone, I feel as though that hits the film hard. And you can't really, it's not, you can't really blame the film itself, unfortunately. You have to blame 
just the, the time period of May, I have to say. It was just something that has been repeated over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, and I, what is film but innovation, you know? Exactly. You need to inspire people for new things. And unfortunately, due to these errors, I think video games what is giving these new inspirations, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, sadly, Blue Beetle does fall into that um, ballpark of generic AB story. Um, but again, how would you make it revolutionary? Um, honestly, I think they did the best that they could do now that I'm thinking with yeah. what they have. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of that, as yes. well, yeah, they didn't. F- the film is called Blue Beetle. And the sad part is, they don't flesh out Blue Beetle. They flesh out Jaime. They don't, and the, the, the issue is, yeah, with especially with superhero films, is it is meant to cause us to be inspired. It, it, here, superheroes were always existent to inspire us to be better than us. To always push us to be, you know, more than humans. But this film feels like more of an introduction to Oh, this person is, you know, who the hero is, you know, he is, this is all of his back drawbacks and, you know, him as a person. It feels that that's not what we're meant to be getting. It is specifically, and it's expressed, you know, in the films, all the scenes where Blue Beetle, in of himself, is fighting, you know, showing that he's protecting his love for his family, yeah? And all of these fight scenes are so miraculously expressive and really well done and choreographed to a really nice degree however due to the fact I think additionally because of the fact that this was meant to be a streaming film its budget was lower than what it should have been hmm. it really hit really bad uh, it, it, it affected the film to the point where I feel as though we, di- we didn't understand what we should be seeing should this be a family film or should it be a superhero film? Yeah, I tried juggling both and I think it went more into the family aspect than anything and I feel like that hindered uh, your score in this film. Um, but I understand where you're coming from. One of the complaints I have is we needed more Blue Beetle. Yeah. yeah. and. I, I understand the family aspect is so miraculously well done. It expresses all the cultural like expressions of a family together, especially in Mexican culture. All of these are really well shown. However, we didn't unfortunately this film isn't meant to be a Mexican culture film. It's meant to be the Blue Beatles film. And I feel as though there was a little lacking in that aspect. Uh, it can be boys. Uh, it can, it can, yeah. but it needed more of the Blue Beetle than the family to even it out, in my opinion. It, it was more family than Blue Beetle, so it felt not there. Yeah, I I understand what you mean, but um, when it comes to something of culture and uh, superhero, I feel like the perfect um, example you could give is both Black Panther films. But they balance yeah. it perfectly between culture, family, and superhero. 
but you do get a lot of T'Challa and Shuri in the suit. Yeah, um, I would have to yes. say, Black Panther was a perfect example, actually. Thank you for mm. bringing that up. Uh, speaking of Black Panther, it showed him doing all these action scenes, and we got more Black Panther than, you know, expressive family moments. And I felt as though it was really well done in an aspect where we can see the relationship between brother and mm. sister, yeah? But also see Black Panther as the hero that we need to really push that film to its success. Yeah, um, they they perfectly balanced both T'Challa trying to be king and the whole world of Wakanda and culture of Africa and then also bringing in the Black Panther as an Avenger and also in Wakanda Forever having the tragic loss of not only in the real world Chadwick Boseman but also T'Challa in their world and also uh, tackling Shuri whether she should be Queen uh, taking on Queen Wanda's place or she should be the Black Panther and I feel like what this movie even though yes it is Jaime's first movie they could kind of go full Blue Beetle in the sequel which will probably come out um, if this does well overseas um, they could do the Wakanda Forever treatment where it's more about Black Panther and uh, more about Blue Beetle than the family. The family is always there in the background um, kind of like Spider-Verse where you always get these inspirational speeches from his mum or his dad and then he becomes the hero that he's always meant to be. In this movie, I, I see what you mean. The family's always pulling him back somewhat. Um, he's always trying to do good for the family, which we all do um, as uh, growing up in these type of households. But we kind of went into this film, well, I went into this film once in a family slash superhero film. But many general audience who have not seen Blue Beetle or don't know who he is, kind of will be um, whipped. A little bit with uh, the family aspect and they just want a superhero film so I understand your point of view on that it, like when I f saw this film yes I feel as though it's targeted towards specific audiences mm. however lacking the general audience track so where it targeted will be amazing it would be a great film but depending on who it's for who is watching it i feel as though will be a varied uh, amount of responses in this film yeah because there were many references to mexican culture that i understood but there were some that i had no clue what they were about but i kind of wanted to research about them um but yeah uh, not whipped whiplash when it comes to uh, mexican culture and seeing how they live compared to how you live and it's going to be a little out of place with the whole family dynamic but um yeah we just want a more blue beetle and in a blue beetle film um the the final negative i have here was yeah it was made for streaming because stupid warner brothers and management they should have been given a bigger budget um like shazam and like the flash and it should have been much longer. Epsilon should have been on streaming or this 
is fine for cinema. I feel as though this would hit higher on streaming, but for cinema it would be quite, I would say, it would hit, be quite argumentative to being an amazing film, mm. which is a good film. I think there's like a in-between, depending on who's watching. Yeah, I think we were discussing yesterday, um, after the film. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you guys um, when I stepped on it, that this could have been great for streaming and cinema, kind of what they uh, what um, HBO did in 2021 and 2020 with um, their day and date um, releases on HBO Max or now Max and cinema, where you can watch Mortal Kombat in the cinema or you can watch on streaming. But um, yeah, I feel like this would have done well on streaming because again, it's a family film, but it's also a superhero film. Um, so I agree wholeheartedly on that and many other takes you actually had. But um, Epsilon, your final ranking, uh, your final verdict on this film, we'll do it out of 10. I would have to give it a 5.5 to 6 out of 10. The family aspects in of itself hit great and the superhero aspect yeah was spectacular but lacking and for the time allocated for what it was given i felt as though it could have done much more yeah um five or five to a six i think that's that's your baseline that's a good place to have it um, I personally give it an 8 out of 10. I think I just had a lot of fun with this film. Um, again, in the positives, so much fun was um, spread throughout the entire film from your writing process to the cast to um, George Lopez being stupid and a conspiracy theorist and the action choreography. Great visual effects as well. The soundtrack and overall the family dynamic. But I understand where Epsilon's coming from when it comes to uh, what the film is and it flip-flops between being a family film and being a superhero film uh, but the only pet peeve I have is we need a more Blue Beetle but that means we needed a bigger budget um, yeah the lack of its budget is what hurt it the most and to be honest I would have liked Blue Beetle as a character to understand like and to learn more about his powers as a, like even through a montage, you know? It would have been a great thing to help him like help us see how he understands what he's doing. Yeah, I think I should have put that in the negatives there. It was it was too short. And mm. uh, it should have been Yeah. Uh it, the time it was given I think was an okay mm. amount of time, but like it sh they should have like, I know this is detrimental to the family aspect, but shorten the family aspect a little bit mm. to give us more of that, like, understanding about Blue Beetle as a human again, everything. Yeah. Um, 5.5 to a 6 and an 8 out of 10. I think that's that's fair for something that was meant to be on streaming. And now I'm curious at what um, Bakuel would have looked like if it were to release both in cinema and on streaming. I hope we get to see Jaime and his family real soon, 
as we head out of the DCEU with Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom this December and into the DCU with Superman Legacy July 2025. Cannot wait to see what other characters get the Blue Beetle treatment in the new universe. Now not only Blue Beetle came out, but so did one of the most anticipated films this year, making this one of the best years for animation in quite a while. Now added to the collection, it's from the man-child producer Seth Rogen, comes a new take on the Turtles in the Half Shell. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem in cinemas everywhere. Yeah, she sounded like a leader. I do? Oh, I do! Oh, I sound like such a leader! And you ruined it. Ninja Turtles. Remember, don't let any human see you. Absalom, what are your thoughts on this new take of the turtles? Uh, I, to be honest though, uh, when I saw this film, I thought this was more on the taking of the recent Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle com- uh, cartoon. Like, if I remember correctly, uh, what was it? There was a recent cartoon series called Rise of T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which occurred around like 2018 to 2020. And I thought this was going. This was a pre pre verb to this. Um, no, Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was its own complete thing. Um, I think the movie that came out, yeah. Mm. But they they did. Yeah, they did work on. Yeah, like, Rise of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was very much anime inspired completely. This is more sketchbook style. Um. But yes, um, let's go straight into the positives. Speaking of style, the art style, uh, we're calling it now the Spider-Verse effect. It happened with Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, and now Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Epsilon, this, the movie was beautiful to look at. Mm, it was really nice, the animated. had really nice pacing, and I feel as though like the story hit just right. It hit what it was. It was the right, it was, you know... The, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and their growth from children to teenagers. I gotta, I gotta pinpoint this because I was watching other people um, react to this, this movie because it's now out in digital in the UK and the US. Um, with the art style, I, I like the fact that the humans look like what we think the turtles will look like in the real world. Uh, we're getting the turtles' perspective, so every time we look at the turtles, they look cool. They look awesome, mm. but when we look at the humans, they they got disproportionate faces. They look like monsters. They look mutated themselves. I kind of like that perspective of what mm. they have. And then I think like yes. afterwards yeah. they get more humanized. Like, I think that's a great detail that more, they have yeah. in that film, and that's one of the cool things about having it in animation that you can have these subtle um, nods here and there. And it works well. Um, still in the positives. They actually cast actual teenagers. And they were all in the same booth together doing these these scenes together. And Epsilon, I think that's one of the best parts of the whole film. What are your thoughts? Oh, no, I definitely agree. It, it, they casted the right people for the, the, the characters, you know? And... I do have to say, yeah, <clears throat> the animation style, uh, coming back to that, yeah, really reminds me of Claymation, you know, 
got that really nice clay look, you know? And it's it's it, the way that the characters are animated, yeah? You could feel a slight stagger in each scene. And that helps like specific fight scenes really be expressive that nature. And I really like that. Like touch they, they had. Yeah, the animation style, it, you can continue talking about it and there's multiple things mm. you start going, oh, that also looked weird and that looks incredible, mm. but mm-hmm. for different reasons. Um, to me personally, it looks like a sketchbook that you would doodle in class, like art class or, or English. And that's what I would think Seth Rogen would be doodling at school, you know, high as a kite. Um, and drawing these turtles the way that they're drawn here um, but it definitely feels like it's created by a teenager for teenagers but yet us we're 22 23 um, we honestly to me personally I felt seen I've, I, it was so relatable if someone do you think this film is super relatable to you as well Yeah, yeah, uh, this felt, well, I wouldn't say it's really fully relatable, but it feels like the modern teenagers, like, life expectancy, like, how they expect it to live, you know, and everything. It, it felt like the modern teenagers, like. Sure, um, the whole high school thing, the girls thing, the, the, uh, internet thing vomiting in front of me we've done some stupid stuff that we don't mean to do in high school and that happens to every kid so if you're a kid listening to this and you accidentally poop your pants don't worry everyone's done that Uh, hey 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 i wouldn't say that be positive man come on you you are special (laughs) because you're different but no 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 everyone does stupid stuff in high school um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. you. You <clears throat> wish that in the intermediate you'll be like, oh yeah, high school is gonna be fine. I'll stick to the rules in your head. No, those rules go out the window instantly. You do something stupid in the first week, and you're like, oh, that's your whole legacy now. Um, but that's high school, and they captured that perfectly well. Um, this movie was pretty emotional um, in certain scenes. Um, Epson, I, I, I feel like I, I got teary-eyed in a couple of scenes, especially when... Um, yeah, yeah. It, the, it had emotional sections, yes. yeah? And I would have to say, though, yeah? Uh, the story aspect was really nicely done. It, it gave a kind of a little revamp mm. to the normal, like, uh, nature of these characters as they remember them to be. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, especially with someone like Splinter. He's not called Master Splinter, he's called Dad. Because he literally um, raised them as children. He was just a regular street rat. He wasn't a human turned into a rat. Into a, a master who knew jujitsu. He just watched um, videos online and movies. As we did a kid, uh, as kids. Jumping off couches and climbing on on the walls getting told off that's kind of how um everybody in the writer's room thought um how us teenagers would grow up um looking at martial arts films is 
we start fighting each other. It's like WWE, we start wrestling each other. But um, I think that's an incredible um, spot when it came to um, the flashback with Master Spinner and his boys. And I feel like that got pretty emotional. When he threw this party, there were three Chris's, not four. There was Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, no Chris Hensworth, which was weird. Um, but when the Turtles left, I felt pretty sad for Master Splitter. Um, the soundtrack. I think Paramount really loves New York because we touched upon this in Transformers. How was the soundtrack's great? Um, if someone, your thoughts? The soundtrack's really well done. Yeah, I have to agree. The soundtrack has a really nice tone to it. Yeah. It gives that New York vibe, and the, the, all these references about New York keeps uh, presenting itself within the film, yeah? And all these, like, traditional, like, ways that they should sound and whatnot, yeah? It's very fun, and you can feel, like, these characters are living the lives of New York. They captured um, New York <clears throat> from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, even to present day pretty well mm-hmm. and improv scene about them talking about Tim's and bacon egg and cheese and stuff like that that was all improv from them apparently they did multiple takes it didn't work then the producers like just do your own thing and they came up with that and it, it worked for um, for the movie uh, but it's still New York um, but the soundtrack back to the soundtrack uh, talking about Transformers Rise of the Beast where that was based in New York. Paramount really loves this, this place because now they got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles based in New York and they got all this licensing music. They got money. And yeah. and also the orchestral score is incredible. My only complaint about that is there was no Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. Um, Epsilon. Do you think there was a time that they could have used that theme? I felt as though there were several times they could have used this, like in maybe like the scenes where Splint, like, the getting phone calls and stuff like that, yeah? They had all these opportunities, but I don't think they fully managed to uh, give us everything that we wanted. Yeah, um, 100%, but I, I don't mind that. Yeah, like a, like a ringtones, like the TMNT thing. That, that would have been a cool easter egg because we did kind of get an easter egg to um, the ninja rap from Vanilla Ice uh, for the 90s movie um, which was really cool to hear in, in the cinema um, it's been a really long time since I heard that but um, overall soundtrack is great um, speaking of Paramount they've been killing it this year they've had yeah this year done this year's got been like, like... You know, they're great, like, not, I wouldn't say greatest, mm. yeah, but it's been a great year yeah, for them. Yeah, they've been getting a lot of profit um, from Dungeons and Dragons earlier this year to Transformers to Mission Impossible, now this. Greetings, uh, girl, and welcome Scream to the well. Yes, yes, that. also that. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing incredibly well, and I'm, I'm glad to see a studio that has been putting out these movies, really loves them, puts them onto streaming after a week, um, but 
I don't know. Better than Disney. True. Sure. I'm sorry. Um, I, uh, I, yeah. It was kind of disappointing. They are a company that they do their thing their own way. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that turned out well with the strikes happening. But um, I digress. Um, I didn't put it on the positives, but I wanted to say this is the best Paramount Nickelodeon film since Rango. Um, and Rango was animation as well. That's still one of my favorite films of all time. Mm. I don't remember another Nickelodeon Paramount film, apart from like the live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles films, but do you think it's up there with Rango? Yeah, um, I think, I think, uh, I think it does better than Spongebob film, but yes, the way they have to do it, it's uh, so true. I'm kind of, like, expectant of maybe getting a second movie, you know, mm. but, yeah, we're, we're holding out for that right now, we don't, we don't have, um, yeah, we haven't heard any updates. Um, but I feel like Rango was one of the best original films that Nickelodeon has made. I completely forget that Spongebob is still going to this day. Um, but um, another question. Is it better than Spider-Verse or is it the same level? Honestly, to me, it's that good. Epsilon, pretty sure it is. I would have to say, Spider-Man yes. currently the best. Right now. Animation-wise, it can't be beaten. And story-wise, yeah. Even the Spider-Man this time around is a little weak because of Yes. Yeah. And being rushed slightly, yeah. Still, still coming. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's gonna be a tight race for best animated film this year, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just made it even more difficult. But honestly, yeah, Spider Verse is definitely a better film. But I think what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles did was um, very akin to Into the Spider Verse with its structure, uh, minus the multiversal stuff. Um, it had the heart, it had the um, emotions, it had the incredible writing and the incredible talent from the cast all come together for this beautiful film and again we're gonna look for a sequel for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hopefully it's called Shredder something um, because we just got Shredder's Revenge the game incredible um, but yeah I would have to say yeah, even in the comics though, yeah, mm. uh, it gets a little dark yes um, I'm wondering how exactly they're gonna do it. Yeah? Yes. Because, for example, you know, <clears throat> as you, do you, have you read the comics recently? Or um, I haven't read the recent comics. I've read the original comics, and they were pretty dark. Ah, yeah, you know the death of every turtle. Oh, right? the last Ronan. <coughs> yeah. It's getting a video game, and I can't wait for that. <laughs> 
I can't wait for that to come out. But um, if they ever do the last run on in this art style, ooh, ooh. it could be it could be pretty heavy mm. and emotional. Um, but again, that's when they're like far. They're more adult than teens. I think early twenties when they die in that in that comic run. Mm. But yeah, uh, there were certain parts of this film where it looked gritty, um, especially when um, all hell's broken loose in the final half of the film, where um, Master Splinter is uh, his spoilers his foot's broken, trying to get to his boys, and it's got this very dark color. A very akin to a previous flashback where he tries to be nice to his boys and take them up to New York and they get mauled mm. and the whole colors saturate kind of um, evoking a dark tone and also the soundtrack was dark so if they wanted to they could shredder coming that could be very very dark um, yeah it's a very dark <coughs> Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we we don't know how dark they want to go for this because especially because it's the kids. Uh, thing. Uh, they were, oh, definitely it's for for kids because when we got to the cinema, yeah. we weren't greeted by yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. like the creator trailer and there stuff a lot like of, that. Yeah. We got created by trolls and and poor poor trolls. So I was like, oh, yeah, we are definitely old, but this movie just felt generational. Um, you can be mm. any age and understand what these turtles are going through. But yeah, I feel like they could 100% go darker for the next film. And mm. it will work. Um, because there were certain scenes, uh, certain moments in this movie, but they actually went quite dark with it. And it, it worked. But again, it is a kid's film. Um, but now it could be a generational film. Now to the uh, to the negatives, um, I, I call them more nitpicks. I feel like this movie was way too short, but that's just me being greedy. We kind of wanted more. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, um, it, it, it was paced really well. Mm. Uh, yeah, there was a little lack of content. <clears throat> yeah, um, with the way it ended, it ended well. We got a post credit scene of how they're doing in high school and stuff like that but I don't know they could have added more but being an hour and 36 minutes and leading to a sequel yeah um, maybe I'm just asking for too much um, from them and yeah as you said it was paced perfectly fine um, and the other nitpick I had uh, probably agree with this is majority of the base villains of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles especially in the comics the cartoons and the games is most of the base villains are good guys now um, I know we get a bunch of characters that are evil like Shredder um, that come out later that are more mechanic but, but like, what are your thoughts on yeah but like Rhino was kind of like it was kind of shock to see all these villains become good I was, I was like oh okay yeah Bebop Rocksteady that's yeah all of these villains or original villains became good characters so I'm, I will be surprised on how they take it what which direction they're taking 
Yeah, at least we don't have fodder. We can kind of go straight to um, Krang um, without having all these side villains be major villains in their own movies. They kind of side with the turtles and we can now get like Mono Gecko with Michelangelo taking on the Krang and and Leonardo and yeah, Rocksteady yeah. versus Shredder. We kind of have these uh, the mutants working together. Um, yeah. But other than that, it kind of sucks that Bebop and Rocksteady aren't fighting the turtles themselves. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't add it onto here, but for the sequel, do you think it's too early to show Casey Jones? Because I think he was in his mid twenties, and these teenagers are <clears> fifteen in this movie. Uh, probably the next movie, the 18. Um, do you think they'll show Casey Jones in the next one? I would love to. He has always been one of my favorite characters. Yeah. TMNT always needs a Casey Jones. Yep, hockey mask. Um, everything hockey, basically. Mm. Um, with Casey. Um, mm. Yeah, hopefully we get to see him. We get to see a more action-packed um, April O'Neil. <clears throat> and... It was cool to see Master Splinter um, have these Jackie Chan-esque um, fight scenes played by Jackie Chan. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he motion capt- uh, captured his fight scene alone. But your final verdict, Epsilon, what would you give the film out of 10? I would have to give it an 8 out of 10. It was just that good of a film. It, and I, as I say, all these animation films and old, you know, old classical films such as old video games and stuff like that are coming back, and this is one of the major showing for that. True, this is an incredible year of animation, and I like another animated project that we talked about and discussed, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I may be super generous, and I don't think the audience will agree with me. I'm giving it another 10 out of 10 uh, for, for completely different reasons uh, because it hit me in the feels. Um, it, it just. <laughs> I, it, you know what? Sooner or later it's going to drop down to probably a 9.5 or a 9 out of 10. But at this point mm. of this um, recency bias kind of thing, I. I just love this movie so much. I just want to hug it because it just. I felt warm inside watching it, especially with you guys. It's like we've all been through this. Um, there's mm. multiple of us that get together, and we went through this during high school. Um, certain years worse than the others, but um, we <laughs> understand these struggles uh, of these brothers, and we're mm. brothers ourselves, and we um, mm. we understand the turtles. And I feel like just watching that. And, looking at us I, I see ourselves in these turtles and kind of that kinship that they have and that's why I'm giving it a 10 out of 10 for now it could drop so can other films but that's my fifth 10 out of 10 this year <laughs> um, but yes fifth 10 out of 10 yes five five in a row that's pretty pretty generous it, it could drop when we get to our end of year discussion about this year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but who knows I I think I've only given two this year. Oh. Or one. I think I've given one. I think it was only Oppenheimer. Yeah. <coughs> I think Spider-Man got really close. But because it was a part one. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it barely didn't get it. I was like, oh, 
once I feel tempted though. I feel tempted. Once Beyond the Spider Verse comes out, we'll be like, yeah. Oh yeah, no that that I am expecting to give that a ten. That is like, it needs to get a ten. <laughs> I'm expecting that to you win feel this it. picture. You feel it. I'm expecting that Ooh, to win this. Big, big. Ooh, okay, okay. Hey, okay. I've heard rumors okay. that Across the Spider Verse is nominated for best picture, but hey, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, know. next year, yeah. We don't know what's coming. We don't know. I mean, we kind of, <laughs> but like, we don't fully know what's coming. Yeah. Um, Beyond the Spider Verse still delayed indefinitely. Again, the strikes are happening. Support the WGA and the um, SAC after, um, so we can get these films now more than ever, especially to entertain us and we get to help them. What a film, and we cannot recommend it enough. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is out in cinemas now and on digital in the US and UK. Now it's been a while due to scheduling conflicts, but we are back with DC's My Adventures with Superman. All episodes streaming now only on Adults from. This is the perfect finale for a show like this. So emotional, I may have cried more than once. And action packed. Again, I cannot stress that this is the greatest representation of Superman along with Tyler Hoechlin's portrayal in the CW series Superman and Lois. Being the embodiment of hope when there's none. Now Epsilon, you were talking, uh, we talked about this yesterday, um, but I had yet to watch it. And you said it will blow my mind. And all I can say is, yes. Mind blowing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I knew it. That was an incredible way. I told you. I told you. It was it was a new take on it, in my opinion. Like, yeah, you know, because you know, of the younger uh, nature of Superman and Lois. Yeah. Yeah. It, it blew my mind when I saw it. I was like, it was it wasn't something I expected, but it was something like that, like. Push the story to like its own dra- dramatical end, in my opinion. You know what? We'll skip to it. Lois Lane twist. It's literally Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was mind-blowing, definitely. Yeah. The general is Lois Lane's father. Wow. Epsilon, what, what, you were saying your thoughts. What are your thoughts? It blew my mind, literally. It blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, no way. No way did they actually give us for the final episode of the season. It, it hit me so hard because, like, now I just want to know what's up. I, I know, I want to know, like, you know, what happened this season. It, it's, it's, a, it's a cliffhanger that they put us on top of a building and pushed us so we can't see it again. And I want more. I know. I want a lot more from this because, <laughs> wow. And it was a heavy scene because it was him interrogating, like every father would do for their daughter, interrogate the boyfriend or the other girlfriend. Um, but yeah, it was so tense. It's, again, like Spider-Man Homecoming with the vulture being um, Liz's father in the cab when he's driving them to prom that whole like intensity they had I felt that in the scene and my god yeah mind-blowing Epsilon mind yeah. brain 
brain explosion. Like I I saw that and I was like, no way. I never expected because I don't think it's ever been done with the general being a Lois' dad. No, no. Um, yeah. I don't remember ever seeing Lois's father in a couple of pieces of movie. Yeah. I, I think it's always just been Lois at the Daily Planet. And, but we know Clark Kent's um, Pa and Ma uh, Pa Kent Ma Kent But never knew Lois's background uh, But this This turns it on its head Now we just need to know who her mother is And ask why This Lois Lane is so beautiful What the hell But yeah <laughs> But the general being... I mean, I do see the resemblance, though. Oh, yeah, when you... Yeah. When you see a... 100%. Yeah. Um, but... Incredible way to end this season. If someone... Your thoughts on the final episode? It, it gave us so many, um... New content to, like, really think about, in my opinion. Like, who are these robotic, uh... Like disturbances? Mm. Are they Kryptonian? Are they Brainiac? What? What are they? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot to expect from the season, and it's just like I want to know. Yeah, there was. I really want to know. Um. I, I, I. You know what? We'll get to theories after, but you know, I, I hope season two comes out um closer than we think. But yeah, incredible way to end the season. And Clark learns about the orb and kryptonite. Yeah. And that triggers like the whole Armada thing, which I want to know more about as well. But wow. I I'm also very curious with how Clark is gonna be able to understand Jor-El because in all previous annotations of Superman, you know, they've always spoken English to each other. So I wonder how this clock is gonna circumvent that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool knowing that Kryptonians have their own language. And probably here yeah. it's it's Greek or or, or within the uh, Greek area, Cyprus maybe, and Mediterranean area, um, with the um, the way they're um, enunciating stuff. That's where I would think that the language would be, because I would think Joel's kind of like Zeus or something um but yeah uh I feel like Clark's gonna learn the language and kind of understand his father and we'll get that father son relationship next season hopefully um but you know um Joel did save him again um and it was a beautiful scene and we actually got to see Joel in action, also. Um, Epson, do you think we're gonna see his actual embodiment come out? I feel like he's prison somewhere, and um, stuck somewhere. And I think Clark will break him. I wanna out. think. I don't really know. Maybe the Phantom Zone. We don't know. Like, there's so many like theories we could have, and it's just mind blowing to think, you know, how this is done. I hope next season comes sooner, as I say. <laughs> yeah. It is very much wanted. It's a very good show. Um, it holds you, no offense if you're a female viewer, holds you by your balls. 
and then twists them <laughs> and then releases them and go it's fine they're okay no one's hurt apart from superman and then you want more <laughs> exactly and then you want more <laughs> um uh. i put on here jimmy J- actually you know what yeah i i want to see this i've recently noticed a lot of these um recent superheroes i uh, shows and movies yeah having the superhero be captured and i'm i'm kind of like i don't know how to feel about it because when we think about superheroes yeah they're always the embodiment of strength you know, and, the, and hope yeah yes and so whenever like that embodiment of hope is beaten down and captured and taken away yeah and everything seems lost and impossible it I don't know, it just makes me feel like it's a little, like, it shouldn't happen whatsoever. But it's like my own thoughts on that. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a recent thing where... Yeah, it's a recent thing, I would have to say. Previously? No, never, never. Like, they're, they're about to be defeated, but they have a Deus Ex Machina. But I think nowadays they've gotten, like, over the Deus Ex Machina, and so it's now more presenting, like, realistic. It's his own, like, wins and losses, I guess. Yeah, I think it's playing on the, um, like we talked about in Blue Beetle. Speaking of Blue Beetle, he got captured himself. Um, yeah. But I feel like both his fault and not his fault at the same time. But, um, I, I guess because of us, the fact that we grew up in the era where they never get captured, mm. yeah? I feel as though, like, that hurts our experience in that aspect. Like, it hurt my experience in the fact that I don't want them to be captured. It's just never a thing you want to see, you know? True. It's a- and I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's always a damsel in the stress that's usually captured. Um, yeah. When we grew up, especially, like, let's say Mario and um, Legend of Zelda with Link and Zelda always captured or far away from each other and same with like spider-man one where he had to pick the carriage full of people or mary jane watson um kind of that dichotomy but also this terminology in the comments called fridging where you take away a character um that is loved mm. by your main character and killing them and well Fridging, stuffing them in a fridge and blood drips out everywhere. I, I, but, but like, I would, I wouldn't say just fridging in this aspect. It's more like uh, we don't like the, it's because it's the main mm. character, you know. So it's like, huh. yeah. Um, Soap's getting captured. I think a man of steel. He um, turned himself in, even though he could just kill everyone there. But he's a good person. I think, I think, to be honest, I, no, I think it was because of the fact that he was inexperienced and still gaining power. Uh, That's what I was thinking. Because, like, we see him get more power-ups over time, and I think this is because he hasn't fully unlocked his inner power, you know? Like, because we see this multiple times, I think. Like, once when he was a child and he couldn't jump up to that balloon. Yes. But then, yeah. I think that that's the case where he he's limited to that power level until something unlocks in him. 
Because that has happened like multiple times in the series. Yeah, supersonic hearing, um, X-ray vision, uh, freeze breath. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think like we still haven't seen his full potential. We've only seen like a portion of it, like a part of it. It's like very minimal. True, and I can't wait to see what they try and do. I feel like we talked about this who the robots are um, and we want to see where season 2 leads with them I think it's General Zod for some reason because in the beginning flashback or flash forward really of um, Clark having a dream and the, the masked um, person is actually him that leads me to the fact that they are actually Kryptonian or the Kryptonian built as like an armada from a different universe probably and that final person that we see in the final moments of the episode could be General Zod with a weird hunchback but I, I feel like they're Kryptonian that's just me I thought it was Brainiac the last time we talked but who knows uh, Epsilon who do you think the armada is Who do you think the Armada is? Like, is it Kryptonian? Is it Brainiac? I want to like, say Brainiac. I want to say Brainiac, I want to say Brainiac but I think it's Zod as well. Uh, it hurts because I don't want that to be Zod. It, it just doesn't feel like Zod, you know? Yeah. Zod uses his people more expressively, and so when I when they're using robots, it's like, it doesn't feel like Zod. But it might be a new rendition of Zod, so we don't know. I mean, this whole series has been new re-editions of multiple characters. Mm. Lois, Jimmy, we got Alexander mm. as Lex Luthor, but soon to be. Yeah. Uh, we had completely new villains, which uh, which was kind of cool to see, but they were again cannon fodder to become Task Force X mm. and the Suicide Squad. Um, we got Deathstroke with the eye patch. Yeah, yeah, we got Young Deathstroke. Yeah. Before previously before he lost his eye. We got references to Gotham City. Um so Bruce could come around, maybe Diana. I, I feel like by the halfway through the series we could get the Justice League. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just tipty fate. Mm. But um <laughs> I, I I'm hope I'm to be honest though, I'm expecting that man. It has to happen. Young Bruce Wayne, it, it, it's the un, you know, uncontestable duo between Batman and Superman. Yep, one hundred percent. And I can't wait to see who they cast as Batman, because they're gonna be a young Batman. I think Batman and Superman are kind of around the same age, if not Bruce is older by a little bit. But um, yeah, I can't wait to see who they they cast there. Um, I put on here, Jimmy Olsen's a millionaire. He sold Firebird for what, 5.6 million or something? Mm, and it, just, it, was, it was a lot of money. I was like, huh. It just came up and did it randomly. <laughs> it was actually. But that's that's kind of a big thing. It was throughout the whole season. Like, how. Oh, uh, that's right. Jimmy showed his face last episode, right? With Lois? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that's so, for you. Jimmy's rich now. Yeah. That, that's something I was like. Wow, okay. Watch next season. Jimmy and Clark are in a mansion. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, I hope for that. I hope for that. Jimmy 
Jimmy splashing his money, Clark and Lois splashing something else. Um, but uh, yeah, Millionaire, I'm pretty sure that's just gonna be a one and done uh, situation. If they do do the mansion thing, that'll be kind of cool. Um, with, I think you brought this up before, but with recent media, I think the superhero subgenre is back at full force. We got Blue Beetle. Uh, um, we've got. Um, um, I, I'm, I'm only saying that because we got stuff like The Flash and Secret Invasion, which kind of diminished the whole superhero genre. Well, a bit. I think. I think. As for for TV series, maybe yeah, I agree in the TV series aspect. Yeah, the superheroes need to be pushing this genre more than film because the way that the way that like hero shows are done is really nicely done, specifically because they're able to like insert all these different like nuances of like things we want to see, you know, things we can't see, you know, cliffhangers, everything that's expressed in the. TV aspect, yeah. I think film is too short. It's too short, and like, like revelations only come so much that we don't get time to process all of them. So I think superhero shows and TV series really need to be pushing it more so than movies. Okay, okay, but um, what I meant was um, that the genre is back on focus town now from the flash and secret invasion yes we got guardians and we got spider-man which are incredible but before we got mm. ant-man and and um was it shazam which were okay um but but i mean yeah. they're back on track i mean blue beetles a good film teenage mutant ninja turtles is one of the best films this year um we've got my adventures with superman which is one of the best series this year. We are about to get Loki season two. We got Gen V coming out. We just got the One Piece live action, which manga is basically comic in Japan. I, uh, I want to say though, is is Loki and One Piece superhero films though? Well, no, it's not films, it's shows. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm talking about the whole genre Generals. in general. Ah, okay. Anyway, where was I? Uh, Gen V, Loki. Yeah. One Piece live action because manga is basically comic in Japan, and we got the Marvels coming. Out. It's a, it's a great time to be a, a a superhero fan and not be disappointed, like Secret Invasion and The Flash. Then we got Aquaman, which hopefully it looks really good. But oh, oh Aquaman. Okay, it, I think it will depend on how they yeah do it. yeah uh, how they'll how they'll film. Aquaman. I have faith in James Wan. It looks like Aquaman one, and I really liked Aquaman one. Jason Momoa will carry this. Believe, <laughs> believe, believe, believe. Oh. Believe in the Jason Momoa that believes in me. That believe in the Minecraft movie. Oh my God, he's on the Minecraft movie, isn't he? <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, he is. He's, I heard that he's the lead, isn't he? I, I, I believe he's the lead. Wait, he's Steve? I don't know how... No, wait, no, I, Steve... I, isn't he? Who is Steve? I, I, don't, is, I don't know I don't who know Steve is. He, does he even have I a voice? I thought it was. Oof. No, that's not oof. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I thought that it was Jason Momoa. He's in I the movie, but... He's... 
I don't yeah. know. They might go the Jumanji way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I feel like right now, the superhero subgenre, both film and television, is actually pretty stable. It's actually really good right now. Um, mm. But yes, it's been rickety throughout the way. Um, apart from Guardians and, and Spider-Man, which are really good. But, um... So... Speak, sorry, speak back to the um, whole Minecraft yeah. theme, yeah? Uh, apparently, Momoa might be playing Steve. Oh my god. Yeah, and so, because you may have also heard in the past, yeah, Steve Carell was also starring in the Minecraft movie. Okay. So, I am, like, I, I really want to see, uh, like, Steve Carell with Jason Momoa and how they react to each other. That sounds like a really interesting, like, you know, because I don't think they've ever, like, been in anything, no. have they? Yeah, I wonder how that will work out. Because Steve Carell, you know, amazing oh, actor. Definitely. You can't get, you know, much better than Steve. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I heard an update on the Minecraft movie, it was made for IMAX. <laughs> that, that, yep, <laughs> yep, I laughed my ass off. That was 2017. Uh, uh, well, Sean Levy, wasn't it? Um, is Sean Levy doing this? Was no, he, I think he dropped out of this to do Deadpool 3. Oh, did yeah. he? Okay, and okay. I know that uh, K- Karian and like Michael uh, Mc- McKeely, I think, like, was the one who wrote the yes. script. So, you know, if you, you should know Michael from Sherlock Holmes, yes, right? Yes, yes. Game of Shadows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they all left. The movie has been in development since 2016. <laughs> and the only update that we've yes. had is oh, A, it's Jason Momoa and Steve Carell. And B, uh, it's a live action um, mm. adaptation of Minecraft. The hell? I feel as though. I don't know how they're going to. Maybe give Jason like a blue shirt. <laughs> walking around. Imagine him uh, mining we'll see, we'll see diamonds it. and obsidian. Yeah. Going to the nether in live action. Oh my god. I don't even, like, because Minecraft in and of itself doesn't have a story. So I don't understand how they're going to do it. Yeah, Minecraft, uh, apart from, like, build a house, find, you know, ender pearls, build the nether, find <laughs> the ender dragon, yeah. kill the ender dragon. I think that's the movie. Yeah. Okay. But who knows? It's supposed to come out 2018, and mm. now it's been yeah. yeah. This feels like uh, <laughs> it feels like a promised community movie. It'll never come it's, out. It's been announced, but it'll six never seasons come out. of movie. Just just trust in Dan Harmon and a movie. <laughs> okay. The last update I heard was Donald Glover's in. So we're gonna get Troy yeah, yeah. and Abed. I haven't heard anything about Shirley, Yvette, Nicole Brown. Uh, we're probably not gonna mm. get Chevy Chase because Chevy Chase is someone yeah. that's pretty hard to work with, apparently. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But hey, I know that maybe oh, definitely Jim Rash should definitely be there. Jim Rash, I feel like he should be one of the writers um, mm. on the main film. Really? No, 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 no. He needs to be Dean. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Because He needs to be the D. You, yeah. you know Jim Rash is an Oscar winner for Best Adaptated yeah. Screenplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Ben Affleck film. But, like... Him writing with I, Dan Harmon? 
Yeah, I... And get, like, the Russo brothers, because they've done these movies before, to direct the... Yo, mm. they're doing nothing apart from action films, which sadly flop. Um, mm. The Russo's doing a community movie. Hello? <laughs> well, Senor Chang also needs to be there, so Ken Jeong needs oh, to be there. Doesn't King Jeong and... Um, um, who plays Jeff? Oh, are you talking about Joel? Uh, uh, Joel McHale. McHale. They, they have a podcast together, which only lasted during, during COVID. Yeah. But... No, but they definitely can do it. Like, it, it, there's so many people. Like, Eric Charles needs to be there, you know. Keith David? Hello? Oh, yes, Keith David. And also... Um, there's yeah. so many... Yeah, yeah, there's so many people who, like, I feel as though need a return. You know, definitely, definitely, we need... Sadly, yeah. Jonathan Banks, yeah. you know, you know we need John Oliver back, you know. Sadly, yeah. Uh, Jillian. Like, yeah. No, 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 no. Sadly, you the think? actor for Leonard passed away. Um, twenty eighteen. Ooh. So we're not yeah, gonna have a shut no, up, Leonard. No, Richard, Richard yeah. Erdman. Yeah, I was so sad. But hey, he was always a great, uh, you know, side character in. Community. His final line in the in the whole show was the final episode. School's out, bitches. <laughs> so at <laughs> least he went out like it, a it, Yeah, he went out with a bang. Yeah, he passed away. Twenty nineteen. Uh, I thought it was twenty eighteen, but man. Yeah, it was like March. I yeah, I feel like the whole crew will be back, and John McHale's got a show. I think it's Animal Control. Jillian Jacobs Ooh, yeah. is actually Adam Eve. And um, Invincible, which mm. I didn't know about. I went, mm-hmm. Britta, hello? Uh, but she's really good, and I <laughs> didn't even recognize his vo- yeah. uh, her voice. Donald Glover, obviously, being the most well, famous. His music with Childish mm-hmm. Gambino, and now his acting career. Britta, you know. Really good. Mm. Oh. Um, would you would you be down for Jack Black to make a return <laughs> into community? That no, that would be Jack Black, Owen nah. Wilson as well. Hey buddy, yeah. oh you're part God. of my All crew. People, yeah, no, 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 definitely. Uh, yeah, um, she's the only person that I've not heard has responded oh. to anything. But hopefully, we get oh, an update shit. soon. We need the full crew. We need them back. It's, it's the movie. I know? know. Um, hopefully, we get Starburns back. Mm, Starburst. My name's Alex. Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. This whole movie could be one of the greatest things ever, um, but not make as much money. Or it's just something for the fans, just to finish it off. Here's the story: Troy's a pirate. Abed, would, yeah. would you, would you say yeah? Would you actually say yeah? Because of nostalgia, it'll make more money than it should. I think it's said to be going straight to streaming. I, it's oh. on Peacock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but anyway, nothing major has been happening because of the strikes. Um, but we'll soon mm-hmm. see. Was there like a date that strikes will end, or is it just? Keep it's going until. Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers, they want to put their egos to the side and just let the actors be actors. And 
let them work at proper wages like we discussed this um yesterday where luckily here in new zealand and many places around the world we don't need to pay for health care that's very much an american thing um but they have to if you don't get a minimum of 50k a, a year um you don't get health care which i think is fucked but um that's the American thing. We don't even don't, but we don't even have healthcare. To, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. We don't have things like uh, what was it called, like health, uh, like taxes on health. No, I think is that what it's called. We don't no, have. We just go into the doctors. It's like twenty dollars. Yeah, and we just get. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's like it's like a lot more. Like I believe it's only an American thing. Yes, because of private health industry. We get a community service card every year. And we get, what, 30-40% off our dental appointments. Instead of being like 200-300, it's like 140 or something. Apparently it's going to be free for us, right? We'll get into our politics another time. Yeah, let's let's move on from there, yeah. But currently, yeah, we we understand, you know. Good year for films. Kind of a sad year that, you know, we can't progress further because of what's happening. That's all we need to know. It was a bummer. We got to the series when we did. But this has been one of the best series on television in a long, long time. Cannot wait to see what Jack Quaid and the rest of the cast and crew do. And see them come back for another excellent season. Hopefully. Now, we have been super behind at the box office. But we'll cover the recent week. So it does not confuse both us and you, the audience. Cool, cool. Now, Epsilon, the box office was between September the 8th to the 10th. And number one at the box office, mm. The Nun, um, The Nun 2. Uh, opening weekend in the States of a 32.603 uh, million. In New Zealand, 230.4 thousand. And overall, 101.7 million in a week. It's one of Warner Brothers' most profitable films this year and uh, what are your thoughts on this i think it's deserved it's, it's clearly a great film and you know I, i'm definitely gonna find time to watch it but it's, it's a horror yes isn't it if i remember correctly yeah it's horror has always been like you know a, it's a do or die situation for horror in my opinion it's either a great horror flick or it's terrible so it's, it's a great thing that the nun 2 was a great film yeah, um, I remember seeing the original Nun and I went, yeah, it's just jump scares. Hopefully they change it up in this movie and I'll go check it out and then we can discuss it on the podcast. Mm. Um, and number two in the box office, mm. a movie I wanted to actually plan to watch along with Blue Beetle and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it was a very late session. Mm. The Equalizer 3, ah. um, Denzel Washington's final hurrah in the Equalizer trilogy. It's weekend, it's second weekend made 12 million in New Zealand. Overall, it's 242,000 and total 114.46 million. So far, it's heading to be the most successful in the trilogy and apparently it's the best in the trilogy. Mm. Epsilon, what are your thoughts on these numbers? I'm, to be honest, I'm wondering on its budget generally. Like, I, whenever I look at films like Equalizer, yeah, mm-hmm. I tend to look at its budget yeah yes and see you know how much they can squeeze out you know per action scene 
because you know the way live action works is so much different from like animation you know with animation you kind of tell how much like is put into a film to show how much progress there is yeah um i think would you would you say it where would you say it will hit like fully like by the end of the uh month i think it's broken even um it's got the same budget as yeah. john wick films um okay i feel like it will end off because of how good it is uh, even though it's not doing well here, um, around 300 mm. million, um, which is not bad. It's actually pretty good. Um, it'll make profit, mm. but it's only been out for two weeks, and we can only. See. Oh, did the Equalizer one and two not make profit? Oh, they did. They did. I think over. Okay, yeah. It's just this movie's making um, making more traction and making more money faster than the other two. Um, ah, I see, I see. But it's it's starting to feel around the same as these uh, as the last two from Anton Fuqua, the mm. director. Alright, so it's pittering out slightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually um, rolling out yeah. much better. <clears throat> and number three, okay. a movie that I didn't even know came out, and I didn't know there was a second to the first movie, which I kind of love. Blame my mom. My big fat Greek wedding three, <laughs> um, opening weekend of ten million. In New Zealand, an opening weekend of 87.62 thousand and overall 18.48 million. Um, now, Epson, have you seen any of these films? No, not this one, I'm sorry. Uh, I would personally have no opinion about this because I don't know how well this No, I understand for. you because I'm like, the first film, yeah. it's. Um, it's about husband and wife, a uh, 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 boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, the guy's from a different family. I think he's Italian, but the whole family is Greek, and they're hard of the, accepting someone outside of being Greek. Uh, but he wins them over. The second movie is about their daughter getting married. Uh, I wonder what the third movie is about. Um, I'll I'll have a look. But yeah, I, I'm surprised that. There are three movies. Um, I really like the first movie a lot because my mom put me onto it. Um, and the second movie I have yet to see, but you know, maybe I'll go watch the third movie and have thoughts. At number four, at the box okay. office, uh, Jawan, um, uh, Indian producer of Bollywood or Tollywood. I actually need to do my research on that. Um, opening weekend of 6.124 million New Zealand and made 278.8 thousand dollars total box office of 16.3 million in a week um this is a movie that probably no one knows about it got advertised as yeah I'm kind of yeah I'm kind of scratching my head over this one sorry yeah no 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 that's that's completely fine I have no clue what it's about but it's definitely Indian production um, I wasn't sure whether it's Bollywood or Tollywood. I want to make sure that I get these um, tones right. Uh, but all I know is that it was advertised for IMAX, and it's I think it's still in IMAX theaters, and oh. it's a big production in India, and it's doing a lot of traction there. Um, but I have no clue mm. what it is. I'll probably check it out. And then number five, holding on to it, Barbie weekend of a 5.7 million New Zealand 
so far it's made 8.2 million a total of 1.406 billion dollars in eight weeks epsilon i'm done i haven't seen the movie yet do you think okay no but do you think you'll hit 1.5 bill it could it could it could 100% where do you think you'll stop where do you think you'll stop where do you think you'll stop I think 1.5 Like, what do you think will be too much? Ooh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I... What would you say would happen if they re-released it? No. I mean, they are re-releasing it for IMAX. Mm. Oh, um... Do you think it'll push to maybe 2 bill? <laughs> what? Do you think that's ever possible? No. If, for two if, bill? if Super Mario Brothers... No. Mario can't make 2 billion... Yeah, Barbie. Where did Mario? Um, let me actually have a look. Um, because Barbie's doing so well. Um, yeah, yeah. And I am going to watch the IMAX release next week. <laughs> please do, please do. So yes, um, hopefully. Uh, Super Mario Brothers finished out 1.36 billion. Ooh, so it's a head. It's a head. Yes, it's a head. I think I think it'll do 1.5 bill. I think it'll do 1.5 bill easily. Okay, I think it'll compete with, like, with the re-release of IMAX. There's gonna be a little push to it. Yeah, it's gonna push it to 1.5 bill. If not, 1.45. Okay. If not. Yeah, I think it's gonna be in cinema for quite a while. I think it's on digital mm. now. So if anyone wants to watch it oh, on VOD. Yeah at home you can as well but by mm. by the reactions from you boys watching the cinema um you have would this film be the official 1.5 bill first film or the, it was avatar already 1.5 bill avatar the um the way of waters two point the first one oh the first one yeah um are you talking about like full full final numbers yeah, uh, final numbers. Where where is every film? We're like ranked in, you know. Actually, let me have a look. Uh, that's a that's a good point. All time, all time worldwide, Avatar and number one of two billion nine hundred twenty-three thousand seven hundred six. Oh wait, two billion nine hundred twenty-three million. Seven hundred six thousand and twenty-six dollars. Um, okay. Where water the two point three bill? Okay. No, uh, I don't think an Avatar film is gonna make three billion. Um, Avengers Endgame. Where? Uh, I I heard that Top Gun Maverick did one point five bill or almost one point five bill. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Where are you? Hello? Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. They're like 1.49? Uh, let me let me actually have a look. Uh, so because it was a tw 22. Because I know, and number two is Avengers Endgame at 2. Mm. You know what? Let me just round it up. Seven. 2.9. Uh, 2.8 billion. It's two billion seven hundred ninety-nine thousand. Oh, 799. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll just round it up. Um, Toka Maverick. Mm -hmm. What the hell? 
Okay, okay. Uh, Tokam, oh, it's at number 12. Wow, okay. Um, yeah. I think Barbie might be Tokam. Spider-Man did like 1.9 bill? Yes. Spider-Man No Way Home, 1.9 during COVID. Um, yeah. That was the first billion dollar film after COVID. Uh, uh, during after mm. COVID. Same kind of thing. Because COVID's still here with us. Um, for many yeah. but I think uh, I'm surprised that Avatar did 2.7 bill though yeah um, Avatar got many re-releases of, again when China started opening mm. up and Avatar was re-released there and they they really love Avatar The Way of Water 2.33 billion um, which is really good Titanic 2.1 um, I think Ooh. Infinity War Two billion and fifty-two million. Uh, yeah, but I think Barbie's gonna do really well. I think that one point four billion, it's gonna be one point five by the end of it. Where do you think it's gonna end up? Like fully final, final number, final like number by let's say 2030, 2030. 2030? Uh, they'll probably re-release oh, it multiple times. Twenty twenty-five. Um, let's say twenty twenty-five. Yeah, three, two years. 1.6 Oh you don't you don't think it's gonna beat two bill uh, are you saying by 2030 or like 2025 2025 yeah 1.6 it'll probably be re-released oh, okay. a couple of times but yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure uh, maybe people will be watching in like a VR headset and rather watch it there mm -hmm. in the cinema but yeah, uh, again, box office doesn't count digital because yeah, digital can yeah. be. I've like, noticed. Digital can skyrocket it to like two billion because it's doing yeah, well yeah. there. A lot of these films can be. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised that Oppenheimer didn't hit one bill. No, open up. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll wait for this week's um, box office. Um, it's still at 895 million. Um, yeah. We'll see whether it hits. I think it'll finish its run. I was hoping by the end of this year. Yeah, I think it'll finish its run at 955 million. Oh, 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 you're not giving it the one bill. No. You're not letting it hit it. No. Oh. <laughs> I want. I want to give it the one billion, being the best. Uh, being. The only biopic to ever hit a billing A three hour epic But you don't think it's worth it? Oh definitely I I Personally I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles should be yeah. a balloon So should Spider-Man But um That's just not the case Spider-Man finishing with 700 million It's great Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is now in cinemas Here which is great as well But um Yeah Oppenheimer I feel it though Maybe because because they keep re releasing it on um, IMAX. Yes. Yeah, I think it's finished its IMAX run here, but they could re-release it like Interstellar and yeah. Inception. It could, mm. it could make a billion. It could. I, <laughs> I think it. Oh, definitely, billion, definitely. Really With how much they could cram into a three-hour and five-minute epic, mm. yeah, it was paced incredibly well as well. And the characters were just 
so memorable. Exactly. Cast incredible. But okay. What? A, yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, what a week at the box office with three new major entries taking over the top five and then there's Barbie still dethroning films left right and center what a year for film television and video games speaking of video games next week the gaming bros second episode uh, official episode will take over your regular movie bros programming as we will be discussing giving our initial thoughts on Starfield Along with the release of Mortal Kombat 1, out everywhere on September 20th. Another announcement is something we touched upon in our previous episodes. The show that will replace My Adventures with Superman is actually going to be a couple of shows um, we'll touch upon. Um, starting with Gen V and we'll get to Star Trek Lower Deck. Uh, Star Trek Lower Decks which is on Paramount Plus at Gen V on Amazon Prime. Uh, we'll also look at um, HBO Max's Fiona and Cake, which is a new take. Uh, is it a new take, Epsilon, on... Uh, no, I would say it's a continuation, actually. It's, it's just... It's a continuation from the end of... Uh, Adventure Time. Adventure Time, but, like, in Simon's headcanon. So well, I feel as though it's Finn's story, Finn and Jake's story, have been put in the back burner mm-hmm. now. Since you know the adventures have been going on forever, so there's a new uh, site. This well, we'll be discussing that every single week. Um, so that would be how we'll tackle the television part with extra episodes that we'll be talking about. Because again, we're getting later into the year where little to no films are coming out. That um, would kind of gravitate attention but these television series will 100% be here for you um, but along with that we'll also attach our thoughts and discussions about the One Piece live action series and uh, going episode to episode of the 8 episode series each week so keep an eye on that the movie bros will be back the week after next to review an original science fiction film from director Gareth Edwards, the creator, out in cinemas, also in exclusive formats such as IMAX on September 27th. Now, Epsilon, sorry about the long spiel. Do you have any closing thoughts? Well, I think that this week, in particular, the box office was quite interesting in how these new films are also appearing that not many people know generally about or are more regional based but still a great uh, addition to the box office yeah um yeah. three new entries um different genres uh, from different parts of the world as you said um, it's great to see that um and looking back at what we were discussing with uh, Blue Beetle and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and mm. My Adventures in Superman it's been a great week of discussion um, now we are the Movie Bros Podcast a podcast that has been on hiatus for 4 plus years since Captain Marvel's historic box office numbers we are your hosts Rick Green King and Epsilon see you soon Space Cowboy now hit the streets bye nice